Welcome, everybody. It's good to be back. <laughs> it's good to be with, with family. Um, good to be with, with friends. Um, yeah, we just, Linda and I had just an amazing time. The Lord just blessed us so much with an amazing time away. And um, yeah, the, the focus of our time away was really just to connect with, with Jesus. I mean, we're, we're passionate about Jesus and you never take a break from Jesus, right? Um, so we just had an amazing time with Jesus, amazing time with one another, amazing time with family and with our kids. And um, yeah, the Lord was just so good to us and it's, it's so good to, to just be back. And I just, this morning, I just wanted, I just got such a sense in my heart to just tell each and every one of you that, that I really love you, each and every one of you. I really love you out of the depths of my heart. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Um, yeah, just, just being here, being who you are, is just amazing. Um, serving the Lord the way that you are serving the Lord is what um, encourages me. <laughs> um, encourages me to, you know, to just, not that it's that hard or difficult, but just to, to fight the good fight, to carry on, um, to see the uniqueness in every single person. And I just want to say to you, like I said, as I really love you. I really love you. Um, I almost want to say, like Paul said, with, with the love of the Lord, um, I really love each and every one of you. And um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Mm. Thank you so much, Mavis. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Amen. It's a. <laughs> yeah. We're a we're a community. We're a community of love, and if we don't have love, what do we have? We have nothing. Um, and it's really just like I said, just about loving one another and really caring for one another. And I think what Linda did there after worship was just so profound because that's why we're here, is to fight for one another. You know, like, to really to fight for one another. Um, we all go through trials. We all go through persecution. We all go through hectic stuff. And um, the Lord created us to not go through it alone. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes... You would, you would speak to people and they would say, no, I am the church. And you know what? That's not the truth. You're not the church. We are the church. <laughs> the church is not an individual. You'll, ne you'll never find that in the Bible. The church is a group of people. It's a we. Um, that's why Jesus prayed and Jesus said, our Father that is in heaven. He, nowhere in his prayer did he pray and he said, my Father that is in heaven. He always prayed and he said, Our Father that is in heaven. Because we are a family. <laughs> we are a community. And you were not created to do this on your own. I was not created to do this on my own. Uh, we need one another. We need one another to fight for one another. And to encourage one another continually. Hebrews says, Let's not forsake the gathering of the saints and let's keep on encouraging one another. Let's keep on reminding one another. Let's keep on declaring that confession, that great confession that Jesus made. Let's carry on confessing that. 
And, um, and what is that confession? That confession is that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. And it's on that revelation of who Jesus is that He builds His church. And it's all about Christ. It's all about the revelation of who He is. And it's on that revelation that He's building His church. And He gave us a promise. And He says, like Linda prayed, Jesus said to Peter, like, I'm going to build my church on the revelation that I am the Christ, the anointed one. And that I am the Son of God. That Jesus Christ is God. That He is the anointed one. I don't know how often you think about it, but just the fact that Jesus is God. And I'm going to share a little bit about that just, just now. But Jesus went on and He says, And on that revelation, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell, the armies of hell, will not prevail against that. There's, there's something about the revelation of who Jesus is that nullifies all the powers of, of, of hell, <laughs> that nullifies everything that the enemy tries to do in your life. A revelation of who Jesus is. Just, I mean, you can go through the most hectic thing in your life, and as soon as you get that revelation of who Jesus is, everything changes. Everything changes. But what, I'm, what I want to share with you to, to this morning is that we, have a, we sometimes still have an old picture of who Jesus is. And what I mean by that is that we, we read the Gospels, and I mean, and I love the Gospels. I'm, I'm always in the Gospels, you know. But we read the Gospels and we see this picture of a suffering Savior, a suffering Christ that came, and the purpose why He came was to suffer. And I mean, I've preached about this often, but Jesus, the prophets, the, the law and the prophets prophesied and said, Jesus had to come to suffer. And the reason why He had to suffer was so that you don't have to suffer. <laughs> he came and He suffered in your place. And it says that that's, what, that's the miracle of the incarnation is that all of mankind was in Christ as He suffered. So you've, you have suffered, you just don't know about it. Because you were in Christ while He went through His suffering. So the Lord spoke to me about this like while I, while I was away, but He just said to me, just reminded me again, and He said, what you need to understand is that you have already suffered. So, so often religion comes and religion, religion wants to come and tell you like I don't know how else to say it but the whole thing of that you have to be poor you have to suffer you have to you know like you have to have this, this suffering, suffering Christianity because that is what true Christianity is and, but that is religion because the truth is that you've already suffered You've suffered 2,000 years ago in Christ. But the Bible says that you've suffered once and for all. <laughs> but not just that, but often Christians just stop there and they look at Jesus and they see this suffering Savior and they think, okay, this is the life that I should live. But then there's, in Romans 6, Paul says, we were co-crucified, but we were also co-raised with Him. So just... As you suffered with Him, you were also raised with Him 
in absolute victory, in absolute triumph, and in absolute freedom. And that is who you are today. <laughs> that is your, your identity, is that Jesus went through it, and the Lord wants to give us a new picture of who Jesus is this morning. He wants to give us a new picture. And it's not the picture of the suffering Christ. It's the picture of the Christ that was raised from the dead. It is the victorious warrior. It is the victorious Christ that was raised from the dead. And he's sitting in his throne with all authority. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. He is the victorious warrior. He is the one who overcame. And he is so different. <laughs> My love, I'm preaching it. But <laughs> Linda always talked to me about this. That's why I'm joking with her. But have you ever thought about it? And I know Linda has shared this before. But have you ever thought about the, when Jesus was on the earth, who was the one person that knew him, that knew him the best? The one person that knew Jesus the best of any person that was on the face of the earth while he was on the earth. It was the Apostle John. We know that. I mean, the Bible tells us that. The Apostle John was the one that laid on his, on his chest, you know, at, at the table. He had so much intimacy with Jesus that even Peter said to John, You ask him who it is who's going to betray you. Because he had that close, close, close relationship with him. And it's interesting that... All the writings of John is just about love. Why? Because he knew him. <laughs> he didn't knew him from afar. Often we, we know Christ from afar and we, we see this and we see the miracles and we see all of that. But John drew clo closer and he realized, but no, 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 it's all love. Like this is, love has a name. <laughs> it's Jesus. <laughs> and and that, is, that is what John, but John knew him so amazingly close and so amazingly well <laughs> but then you go and you go and read the book of revelations and the book of revelation starts with the revelation of jesus christ if you want to stand the book of revelation go and read the first verse the whole book of revelation is about jesus <laughs> the whole book of revelation the whole purpose of the book of the revelation is to reveal the resurrected christ <laughs> is to reveal Jesus because God understood that people had an understanding of who Jesus is but he wanted them to understand who he is now God wanted us to understand who Jesus is today and that's why he gave John that encounter and he gave John that revelation and he said this is the revelation of Jesus Christ and what happened as John said, he was in the spirit, he was in heaven, and he heard a voice speak to him as a trumpet. <laughs> and then the Bible says, and John heard this trumpet voice, like the rushing of many waters. And th then John said, he turned around. So many people, so many of us, we've, we operate in gifts and we operate in prophetic, but we never stop to turn around to see the person that's talking to us. We hear his voice but do we actually turn around to see who's talking to us? And John actually did that. John turned around and he said, I want to see who's, this, who's, who's talking to me. And he sees the resurrected Christ for the first time in his full glory. 
I mean, you have to understand is that John was on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus pulled back the veil a little bit. You know, there was a little bit of glory that Jesus revealed and showed. And John was there. You know? But here in this vision, in this, in this place where Jesus took him into heaven, he saw the resurrected Christ. He saw Jesus in the fullness of his glory. And what happened to this man that knew Jesus the best of anybody else? He fell dead as if dead. He fell down as if he was dead. That was, that was the impact it had on this man when he saw the resurrected Christ. He fell dead at the feet of Jesus. We don't have a clue who this Jesus is that we are serving. If you and I had a clue of who this Jesus is, your life would look completely different. Why? Because Paul says that your life is hidden in Christ, in heavenly places. Your life is hidden in Christ, in heavenly places. As soon as you see Him for who He is, you see yourself for who you are. Your revelation of your identity is completely linked to your revelation of who Christ is. It is completely linked. So the way that you see Jesus, that's just how God designed it. You don't even have to try. Paul says, as we behold Him as in a mirror. Why does Paul say as in a mirror? He says, as we behold Him, as we behold His glory, we are changed into His image. Why? Because it's when you see Him, you see yourself. And that's why Paul said, we need to remove the veil so that we can see Him for who He really is. And like I said, when you see Him for who He is, the victorious, raised Son of God, who is God, when you see Him, your life is forever changed. And not just that your life forever changed is it's then when you understand who, who He created you to be. <laughs> it's then when you get a revelation of who He is. But, and like I said, when John saw Him, he fell as if he was dead. <laughs> and Jesus touched him and Jesus said to him, do not yield to fear. And He says to him, I am the one who was dead. Really, Jesus was really dead. And he says, but I am the one that's alive now, and I live forevermore, and I carry with me the keys of death. <laughs> and I carry with me the keys of Hades, the keys of hell, the keys to the spiritual world. He says, to, he says to John, I carry that. And John obviously explains the whole picture of the resurrected Christ. And I want to encourage you, go and read that. Go and read that and allow the Lord, allow the Holy Spirit to give you revelation of who the resurrected Christ is. Because it's going to change you forever. When I was a young Christian and I started... I started like just 
I was just in, in love with Jesus, okay? And I started praying for people, sick people, you know, people that was depressed, people that what, 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 what. I just started praying for people. And I started seeing breakthrough when I was praying for people. Like people were starting getting healed, people were starting getting breakthrough and so on. But sometimes I would get breakthrough and sometimes I would not. And then the Lord taught me and He said to me, Stoffel, when you pray for someone, your focus isn't that person. When you pray for someone, your focus is me. And when you're conscious of me, and when you're conscious of who I am, that is where the victory comes from. It's a consciousness of Christ. It is a consciousness of who He is. And when you're conscious of that, and when your focus is on that, that is where that victory that's, that's in Him starts to flow through your life. And that is an absolute key to really just, just walk in that, in that victory of the resurrected Christ. And I just believe that the Lord is taking us now through a season where He's going to take the veil off. <laughs> He's going to remove the veil of religion. And I want to share with you a little bit out of my own life, just quickly. And I remember when I was a young Christian, I was absolutely passionate. I was on fire. And you know, I've told you some of the stories of like just what the Lord did through my life, just amazing things. But what was, what was interesting is, and I don't know why I need to share this, but I just felt in worship I need to share this. But what was interesting is I would be on fire for Jesus and then I would backslide. I would fall into sin. And then I would cry out and I would be like, Lord, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, like, I, I need your help. And then he would come and he would pick me up again. And he would come and I would just be like, he would come and restore me and forgive me and I would just be on fire again for Jesus. And then I would backslide. And I would go back, like I would get drunk again, and I would, you know, like whatever, like my, my past life would be. And that was like a cycle in my life. You know, like I would be so on fire, and then I would backslide. And then I would be so on fire, and then I would backslide. And eventually, that I started crying out to Jesus, and I was just like, Lord, just help me. What, what do you want from me? Like, I don't understand, like, how this thing works. What, what is going on here? Because I, like, I mean, I'm, I can't go on like this, you know, because I'm, I'm destroying my testimony. Because the one moment I would preach to everybody and tell everybody, like, like, you know, like the Lord saved my life, and Jesus is so amazing, whatever, and the next moment I'll be drunk, like, passed out in, in front of my race, you know, like, and then people will just be like, what, you know, like, what's going on here? This, this doesn't make sense. So I started really crying out to the Lord about that. And I've shared this before, I think, but basically what the Lord did was He loved my backsliding out of me. He loved my backsliding out of me. And he said to me, Stoffel, if you understand what I've done for you at the cross, and if you understand who I am because of that, 
then you will understand who you are and then you will not backslide anymore. And he started this process of just showing me his goodness, <laughs> showing me what he's done for me at the cross, showing me like just the victory that he has brought at the cross and it just it changed my life forever. Like he started teaching me personally out of the word just who he is and what he's done. And I've seen so many times after that I've spoken to people and I would speak to someone and I could immediately pick up that this person doesn't understand how much they are loved. <laughs> and secondly, they don't understand that Jesus is the victorious Savior, that He is a victorious warrior. And this morning, I want to share with you a little bit out of David's life. Because the Lord just shared on my heart that the Bible often talks about the key of David and the tabernacle of David. Now, the Bible says in the last days, God is going to restore the tabernacle of David. Now, what's the tabernacle of David? It is 24-7 worship. Because David was a worshiper. But if you go and read through the Psalms, what's really interesting for me is how many of the Psalms of David specifically starts off with something like, Lord, um, my enemies are all around me. <laughs> I'm really in a bad spot here. Um, everybody is accusing me. Everybody is against me. Um, Lord, I feel darkness is coming on all around me. But then... He would go on and he says, but I've cried out to the Lord. I've called out to the Lord and you came and you saved me out of every situation. And I believe that one of the keys of David was firstly that he was passionately in love with God. Like that's why he was such a worshiper is because he was in love. He was, he was a lover. A lot of people see David as this warrior, but before David was a warrior, he was a lover. And he was passionately in love with God. And he would just, I, I can just imagine as a, as a young boy already, he was just so in love, he was just singing. You know, like he was just worshiping and praising and loving the Lord and just going crazy and writing these songs, these love songs to God. And in those times, why was he so in love with Jesus? It's because Jesus was his rescuer. <laughs> Jesus was his savior. God was the one that saved him and rescued him every single time. And I think it started as a young boy. And I believe that that is what the Lord wants to come and just remind us again this morning. Is that... He will come and save you. Whatever, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I can promise you this. Go and look at the life of David. He is faithful and he will come and pull you out. 
He will come and save you. He will come and lift you up. He will come and take you out where you are. Because that is who He is. He is the Savior. And that is why Paul, ach, David had this amazing love relationship with God. It's because he just knew that Jesus is the one. And I say Jesus now because it was Jesus in the old covenant. It was actually Jesus that was with the people. He, he understood that Jesus is the one that always pursued him and, and that saved him. And that is what, what I really feel this morning is that he is pursuing you. That he's passionately pursuing you. That he's passionately going after you. And he's, he's not just coming to save you from your circumstances. He's stealing your heart. He, he's after your heart. And he's coming to win your heart as a passionate lover. And... It's such, an, it's such a revelation when you understand that this victorious warrior, this victorious King Jesus, that He is actually pursuing you. That, you know, often when two lovers are together, they, they would say to one another, like, you complete me. And that's how I know we all feel about Jesus, is He completes us. But that's how he feels about you as well. Is that you complete him. Because he is the head and you are the body. <laughs> you are his body and you complete him. And John goes on. And it's a story of this amazing warrior king that comes and pursues us with his love. And wins us. And at first we're just like, Lord, I'm not worthy. <laughs> you know, like, Lord... I'm not worthy of this love. I'm not worthy of this, of this embrace. But then he comes and he shows us how he sees you. And he comes and he shows you how he looks at you. And it's not just that. It's like I said, when you get a revelation of who he is, that he is a king, then you understand that he's brought you to be a king and a queen. And it's then... Where John actually writes later in 1 John, and he writes and he says, As he is, so are you in this world. And he writes that after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So as Jesus is the resurrected king in heaven, sitting in authority, sitting in, in victory in heaven. And like I said, heaven isn't something far away. Heaven is here. Heaven is right here. It's, it's a realm right here. And he's victoriously sitting there. And John says, as he is, so are we in this world. Not one day. Not one day in heaven. Not one day in the millennial. As he is, so are we in this world. The freedom that he's walking in. The victory that he's walking in. Is yours. You already have it. <laughs> Your eyes just need to be open. It's only when 
you understand the truth of what you already have. That it starts to manifest in your life. And that is why Jesus wants to come and show us what He's already given us. He cannot give you more than what He's already given you. Because what the Lord, what the Lord said to me is, a long time ago, and He reminded me about it again, is the reason why you are struggling to receive the love of God. So, if there's one prayer that I have for all of us, is that each and every one of us will have an absolute revelation of how loved you are. Because those who understand how loved they are, are unstoppable. Because John says that perfect love, because he loves you with a perfect love, and he says perfect love drives out all fear. And fear reduces all of us in some way. If you had to think to yourself, okay, if you were ten times more bolder than when you are today, what would you do? And if the answer to that question is anything different than what you're doing now, it shows you that fear is reducing you. That fear is reducing your life. But the only antidote to that is to understand His perfect love for you. <laughs> so if we come to a place where we understand that you were created for love, and that He loves you perfectly, that there's nothing that you can do that can cause Him to love you less, and there's nothing that you can do that can cause Him to love you more. His love towards you is absolutely perfect. And that He is constantly pursuing your heart. That He is constantly chasing after you. That He is constantly going for you. If we, if we can get that revelation, you will be unstoppable. But what the Lord said to me, and like I said, that's my prayer, is that every one of us will walk in that absolute revelation of His love. And that's, I mean... Revelation isn't even the right word that I'm talking about because love isn't something that you can figure out here. Love isn't something that you understand. Love goes beyond the intellect and it goes to your heart. <laughs> and it's something that you experience. It's something that you know. You cannot understand it. You cannot if you look at a couple, a young couple that's just fallen in love, Okay. it is probably one of the most inexplainable things that there is in the world you can have the greatest scientists you can have the, the wisest people put a couple that's in love I mean I'm talking about really in love like you know like that, that puppy love like put a couple like that in front of them they cannot explain it <laughs> because these people will do the craziest things you know that kind of love causes you to not care what people think about you anymore. That kind of love causes you to do the weirdest, craziest things that doesn't make sense to the mind. And you cannot explain it. And you cannot figure it out. 
And often we want to approach God with our minds and we want to figure out, okay, Lord, this is, what's, this is how it works and this is how the, the love of God works. And like, uh, you will never, like, you, you actually take away from His love if you try to figure it out. But, and the Lord wants to bring us to that place where we can really walk in that and experience that and be in that place. But what He said to me is, the reason why we struggle to receive that love, the reason for why we struggle, one of the main reasons why we struggle to walk in that is because we don't understand who we are. It's only when you realize how amazing He made you, and it's only when you realize how amazing you are, that you will allow Him to love you in that way. If you still see yourself as a bad person or as a failure or as whatever, you know, like whatever you see yourself, if you only see yourself through your issues and through your struggles and through the mistakes that you've made in the past, you will never allow Him to love you the way that He wants to love you. That's just a spiritual law your heart will not even if you try and do it in your mind your heart will not allow him to love you the way that he wants to love you because you believe that you're not worthy of that love deep in your heart you believe that you're not worthy of that love and it's only when you start to realize <laughs> how he sees you and what's interesting is if you look at the life of david now the Bible says that David was a man of the God's own heart. David was a man of the God's own heart. <laughs> David was passionately in love with God. But we know that he made a lot of mistakes. I think from of, probably of all the men of God... Um, that, that it is in the Bible, David was probably one of the, the guys that made some of the most hectic mistakes. But yet, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. And if we look at the... In Hebrews 11, where the writer of Hebrews talks about the heroes of the faith, and they talk about David, and it just talks about how David was a man of faith. <laughs> It doesn't list any of his mistakes. It doesn't list any of the mistakes of those heroes of the faith. It says like these guys were just like champions. They were standing in faith. They were pleasing God with their faith. They were like these amazing people. And it's as if they passed, the mistakes that they made were wiped out. <laughs> so I want to ask you a question. What is it about you that causes him to love you so passionately? <laughs> what is it about you that causes him to love you so passionately? And the answer is everything. It's everything about you. Because he loves you perfectly. <laughs> it's everything about you. And when we, we look at ourselves, I'm like, we're like, 
so often we like, I look, you look in the mirror like, yeah, if my nose was just a little bit smaller and if my ears wasn't so buck, you know, like, there's always like, we look at ourselves and we're like, just, if I can just change this about me, if I can just change this, you know, like, maybe then, maybe then people would like me, or maybe then people would love me. Like, he doesn't look at you in that way. <laughs> he loves everything about you. <laughs> you are perfect in his sight. He loves every single thing about you. Just the way that you are. Because it's unconditional love. It's, it's really, it's unconditional. It's unconditional love. And that is how He loves you. With a passionate, a passionate, a passionate love. And He is after our hearts and he's gonna (laughs) he's not gonna stop until he's got it all of it and not just this thing of like yes Lord you know like again like this this mental thing like Lord I'm gonna serve you I'm gonna do what's right no We, we are gonna be a company of people that's absolutely in love that's absolutely in love. And it's when you're in love like that with Jesus that you do the weirdest things. <laughs> that you just, your life doesn't make sense anymore. Why? Because you're in love. <laughs> and the scripture that I want to, that I feel the Lord is giving to us for this morning is Revelation 3. Revelation 3 from verse 7 and it's obviously the, the letter that Jesus is giving to John to the, to the Philadelphian church the church of Philadelphia and I'm going to read it from verse 7 it says write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Philadelphia for these are the solemn words of the Holy One the true one who was David's key <laughs> So here Jesus says that he has the key of David. And what is, what is the key of David? It's literally just he has the key of David that can shut doors and that can open doors. He can shut doors and he can open doors. And Jesus said that in the beginning of Revelation, Jesus said that I can shut the door. And here he's going to say it now. It says here, who has the, the key of David, who opens doors that none can shut. And who closes doors that none can open. And then he says, I know all that you've done. Now I have set before you a wide open door that none can shut. For I know that you only possess only a little power. Yet you've kept my word and haven't denied my name. I'm just going to read to there. So Jesus comes and he says, I have the key of David and I can close a door that no one can open and I can open a door that no one can shut. And then he goes on and he says, and now I give to you a wide open door that no one can shut. And he says, why? Because you have not denied my name and you have kept my word. 
And that I, I believe that that is a prophetic word for each and every one of us. Is that even though you have a little strength, it says here, Jesus says, you have a little strength. So some of you feel weak and you feel like you have not a lot of strength. But Jesus comes and he says, even though you have a little strength, you have not denied my name and you have not denied my word. It's all about Jesus. It's about his word. The word is all about him. It's his word. Okay? The Bible is the word of Jesus. It's about him. It's about the revelation of who he is. That is what the Bible is there for. It testifies about a person, Jesus. And he says, because you've not denied, you've kept my word and you've not denied my name, I have opened up a door that no man can shut. And I believe there's people sitting here this morning and you've experienced breakthrough before in your life. But it felt like some human being came and shut the door. Something happened. Someone made a mess. Someone said something. You know, like, whatever. The, the economy went down. Like, something happened that caused the door to shut. But I believe that Jesus is saying to us this morning that He has opened up a door with the key of David that no one will shut. That no one will shut. And that you can rest in that. <laughs> okay? And I know there's a lot of things that a lot of us here are trusting the Lord for. And I believe that the Lord is saying that He has opened up a door. Open it up wide. And that no one would be able to shut that door. No one would be able to shut that door. No circumstance, nothing that happened in the past... Nothing that's going to happen in the future will be able to shut that door because He has opened it. And it's almost like a sovereign act of the Lord. You know, like sometimes it's that thing of like, Lord, we co-labor with You and we do stuff with You and we act of, put our faith in and stuff happens or whatever. But I feel like the Lord is saying like, sometimes He comes and He sovereignly does something and He opens up a door. And I just believe that the Lord is opening up a door. He has opened up a door. For each and every one of you. That door is going to look different for every single person. But it's opened up that door. And I know that there's some of you already sitting here. And you're like, Lord. I don't have the strength. To go through that door. There's an open door. And the Lord has opened it. But I know that there's some of you that's sitting and says, Lord, I don't even have the strength. Because Jesus said, you have little strength, but you haven't denied my word. You haven't denied my name. And you say, Lord, I don't even have the strength to go through this open door. And what I believe the Lord is saying is that, that He will pick you up. <laughs> that He will pick you up and that He will carry you through that door. Because... He is the victorious Savior. He is the one that picks you up every single time and carries you through that door. And Lord, I just pray this morning for every single person here. And Lord, I thank you that Jesus, <laughs> that we can rest. And I just pronounce a supernatural rest 
over every single person here now. Just a supernatural rest. The rest of God. I, I open up a door for you to enter into His rest. And He's taking you through that door. <laughs> he's taking you through that door into His perfect rest. <laughs> and Lord, I thank You, Jesus, that You are the resurrected King. That You are the victorious One. And Lord, I thank You that You take every single person here and You take them into Your rest. And Lord, I thank You that as they're in rest... As they in that rest, Lord, as they at peace with you, Lord, I come and Lord, I just declare freedom over them. Lord, I declare freedom. If you've got if you've got any sickness in your body, I just command that sickness to go now in the name of Jesus Christ. And with that, that the, the keys that Jesus has, I just want you to, as you sit there, just speak to your body. <laughs> just speak to your body and take authority because He's given you authority over your body. So just speak to your body and, and declare healing over it. <laughs> if there's anything that shouldn't be there, command it to go. If there's any struggle that you're struggling with, a struggle with, with sin, a struggle with addiction, a struggle with whatever, anger, frustration, I just release the freedom of the Son of God, the resurrected Christ. I release that freedom over you right now. His freedom. <laughs> I release that over you right now in the name of Jesus. Free from all struggles, free from all sin, free from all addiction, free from anything. I declare that over you right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. As you stay in that place of rest, as you stay in that place of absolute peace, <laughs> as He's carrying you through that open door, just relax and keep on receiving from Him. Whatever He wants to give to you, just relax and just keep on receiving from Him. Because He's opening up doors for you and He's taking you through. And I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you for your freedom. I thank you for your complete healing. I thank you, Lord, for forgiveness of sins. I thank you, Lord. I rebuke all condemnation to go in the name of Jesus. All guilt and all condemnation go in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, I thank you that you just that you just give us a fresh revelation of who we are. <laughs> and what the Lord is saying to you is that that he sought a suitable partner for himself, and that is you. <laughs> that you are suitable for him. That you are suitable for him. He's not marrying, Jesus is not marrying down. You are a suitable partner for him. He's chosen you because you are worthy. <laughs> and you are suitable for him. Because you are amazing. And you are made in his image. And Lord, I thank you for that revelation. I thank you for that truth, Lord. To penetrate. And Lord, I thank you that, that we are able to receive your love. Just your supernatural love that surpasses all understanding. That surpasses our minds. <laughs> he loves you because you are amazing. <laughs> and He loves everything about you. And I just thank you for that, Lord. And I thank you for your freedom, for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, we, um, we're going to open up the altar. Um, if you want some prayer, please come, come to the front. We'll, there'll be some people praying for you. If you've got any sickness in your body and you still just want some prayer for that, please come. Um, yeah, anything, come, come forward for prayer. There's tea and coffee there at the back. Please join us for some good fellowship, um, some good, let's encourage one another. Um, let's love on one another. And um, may you have an amazing week, and um, I hope hopefully see you um, next week Sunday. Amen. Love you and bless you. Amen.